Welcome to the John Sandwich Show! <laughs> Can't believe it. I don't look like Bane anymore when I'm going to be talking. <laughs> I swear to God, it felt like I was drinking this beer for two hours. That it's a scam. Did it touch you? Did it touch you? Yeah, it made me, made me feel things. Should we let everyone else in on the conversation? If it's too loud, they just turn it down, right? Perfect sandwich. Beautiful. Eric, you watched, you rewatched The Dark Knight Rises. How was that? It was beautiful, John, man. Um, I, I indeed love that. It might be my favorite one out of the whole trilogy. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's done really well. The whole, I mean, the whole class system kind of like echoes what's going on in today's society. It's like almost prophetic. I, I guess maybe not. Maybe that's the way like things have always been. It's just more like in your face now, but it just seems like uh, it was really, I, there's a message there in that movie, I think. I mean, as well as The Dark Knight too, as well. Like, I mean, that that one, of course, is classic. Um, done really tastefully and artfully and probably should have won fucking Best Picture. Dark Knight is a great movie. I, I think just, I prefer Rises. It's more... Uh, interesting i still feel the same way though as i did before where it should have been broken into two films oh yeah i think uh yeah that would have been so you don't have to shove so much in there at the same time but you know it's, but, i mean it was great uh it, it's funny that i uh we talked about bane a couple weeks or not bane uh dark knight rises a couple weeks ago and then mm -hmm. i was it, like the dark knight rises came up on my news feed uh two days ago and then you watched it so it's kind of relevant because i wanted to talk about this um, but you know, it's still considered one of Nolan's like worst films. Is it really? Yeah. It's like, no uh, one, no yeah. one likes it. It's just the follow up of the dark Knight. Like no one liked this movie. I mean, I people like it. Just it, too, but... it was just too built up, man. I think that it's a, it's a vic The movie's a victim of its own hype. I think you really have to like, give it a couple years, step back from it and watch it again. I think. Yeah. But the hype yeah. was kind of valid because it was a very big big movie it's not yeah. like that that the the movie didn't deliver on any of the hype that was broadcasted like it, it definitely delivered on every aspect of uh, of what it was trying to portray i think maybe nolan's just like worked up so much uh respect and it's just like you just just come to understand that his movies are going to be good. Like you don't even have to think about it. You can just go in. You just know it's going to be qual freaking. You're going to go in. You're going to get entertained. Yeah. You're probably going to think so. Like freaking. I haven't seen Tenet yet. I feel like I already have though. Like I know it's going yeah. to be good. Like it's. <laughs> well, yeah. it, it looks it looks amazing. It's going to be one of the best movies of the year. Not. I mean, they're not really releasing anything this year, so of course yeah. it is. So it'll be the movie of the year regardless. Well, yeah, a lot of people were mad in Rises. I know it was Bane's voice and the fact that you can't really understand him. And he does kind of have a silly voice that is very memeable. He does, he but does. It kind of annoyed a lot of people too because he'll say really important things and you'll just hear, is the city. Uh, that's what I think it benefits from like, multiple watches it, so you can understand what's being said. <laughs> yeah, if you saw it in the theaters and people were like laughing it apart or just it was anything more than complete silence, you'd miss some shit. Which yeah. a lot of old people, old people in particular, like hated Dunkirk too because of that reason. Like you can't yeah. understand him as, as he's talking. It's like, well, it's hard to hear. And I haven't seen I think Dunkirk it kinda, either. Mm. You know, like in like, real life, like, you yeah. don't understand people sometimes, you know? You know, it's, it's interesting. I kind of feel like sometimes Dark Knight Rises kind of gets a bad rap because it's a Batman movie. And I think mm -hmm. if the Dark Knight Rises wasn't a Batman movie, let's just say it, it, it was someone else was playing Bruce Wayne. It was just a different character with a different name. And Bane was a different character yeah. with a different name. I honestly think it, it would have been a critically acclaimed movie. Like, if you took Batman out of yeah. the equation and it was just this one guy that couldn't defeat his foe, it, like, I think it would have been a critically acclaimed. But since it's Batman, sure. like, it has this, this, this stigma with it because you, you don't even really see Batman the whole movie. You see Batman maybe the last, like, 30 minutes yeah. of the movie. Oh, yeah, that was the other complaint I heard. 
Batman's not in it. Yeah, but he's still the main character. Contrary to popular belief, you don't have to have the main character on screen at all times for them to be the main character or the protagonist. It's the perfect conclusion to the series of movies. Maybe people would have appreciated it more if there was uh, something in between that, between that and Rises and stuff. Like, because, like, you, you, when you look back at the trilogy, like, he pretty much never got the chance to be Batman. Like, freaking, what, like, the first movie up until the, uh, the first movie leads right into Dark Knight. And then from what we are, what we are led to understand is that after right after the Dark Knight freaking uh, he took like 10 years off and that was it. So it's like, like, was he Batman for maybe two years, two and a half years? Perhaps yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, you're, you're right. Maybe they should have had like uh, a movie like broke this up in a two part. Like what happened right after Harvey Dent and that incident in those 10 years? And then the second movie mm-hmm. should have been like the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Like I appreciate uh you know, like they gave us the the Robin, the Gordon Joseph Gordon Levitt character. And like from what I you know, he he's like we're led to believe he's gonna take over the mantle. Meanwhile, he's had like no Batman training at all, so I don't know how he's gonna do this. Yeah. <laughs> that that was a little bit confusing that's why it should have been broken up to two movies because they introduced these characters that never really had a resolution and they were characters that you didn't see in the last two films i think you end it you should have ended dark knight rises with bruce wayne in that prison um that's the first ending of the movie and then it picks up like winter time in gotham city after all this time has passed Mm -hmm. for the second half of the film and stuff so you know there's more of a a stretch there and maybe you could uh, uh, let into it better because it's pretty much kind of the nightfall story. Um, so yeah, that, that would have been cool. Yeah. So I, I'm going to ask this of you guys, um, Bane posting. And it's like, it's been big since it came out. And a lot of people say it's like, this sets up the whole movie and is one of the reasons why the movie is flawed. All right. Mm-hmm. So the CIA agent, at the beginning of the movie, uh, the plane scene, right? Yeah. We all, we yeah. all know that scene. So the CIA agent says, if I pull off the mask, if I pull off that mask, will you die? Bane. It will be extremely painful. CIA agent, you're a big guy. For you. What does that mean? <laughs> like, like, this is getting yeah, people like insane. up in arms because this is the, like the article that posted off and this is, pretty much why a lot of people say like the movie is crap because of these few lines don't make sense and sets up the whole movie for not making sense. I took it as you pull this mask off of me. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. So it's going to be extremely painful for you if you pull this mask off. But that's how I took it. You could say you're a big guy. Yeah. For you. Oh, oh, yes, that is true. Yeah. There's a double thing. Do you think that was done deliberately or was that a fuck up with the editor? Like, did the editor just thought that that seemed better? So, so there's been a lot of like questions asked, even with Tom Hardy himself, and there's not been a clear answer. So it's kind of getting people, even though like what, 2000, when did this movie come out? 2012, 13. Mm -hmm. So we're almost 10 years later and people are still talking about these few lines. It's probably, it's a penis joke. It's like, you're a big guy. Well, for you, you know, he's saying that, yeah, that he's large down in the Bane pants. Yeah. It's a a curious (laughs) few lines, though. And yeah, it's 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 weird that almost 10 years later, we're we're still talking about these four lines in a movie that sets up the rest of the movie. Well, there's a there's a lot of bad lines in the movie for sure. The dialogue could have been done completely. I think the the one that stands out for me, which is just uh, horrible, is um, when Bane says like, "So you've come back to die? Oh, so you come back to die with your city?" And then Batman's like, "No, I came back to stop you." Like that's yeah. kind of lame. <laughs> I think yeah, Tom Hardy on the nose. Tom yeah. Hardy's lines I feel like were amazing. Christian Bell's yeah, could have been done a lot better. For sure. And that's been like, I think that's been a thing. I, I think Nolan's handled it better throughout the series, but like even with the Tim Burton films and stuff, it's like 
these are Batman movies, but Batman always ends up being uh, a supporting character rather than the the basis of the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. It's always like, like a, a villain show. Oh, by oh, which I is also, nice. Yeah. yeah, I also feel like in the Dark Knight Rises, it has some of the best lines in, out of any Batman movie. Like, I agree. Do you feel in charge? Like that has to be like the most powerful uh, movie line like ever. Like to put. Yeah. Like you no violence at all. Just just putting your hand on someone's shoulder and asking them if they feel in charge. You know, like how was, powerful is I, that? Right. I was a spectator watching in a theater, and I did not feel in charge at that moment. Tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish I had that much power on people. <laughs> Sometimes sure. you know, it's like yeah, you know, I, like one of these days at work, I really want to go. Do you feel in charge? Mm. <laughs> maybe to like, like my director <laughs> wasn't there an article that said that since Heath Ledger died they had to like scramble for a script yeah that's what that's what I've read and stuff it's just that he had no Christopher Nolan beforehand did not have a third movie in mind without Heath Ledger like that was that was always part of the plan was that he would they'd bring him back well, so, I, also, I also heard that they never they didn't even have the third script even ready, like when Heath Ledger died. So like there might have been like yeah. plans, but like there was nothing set in stone, like not even written no. yet. So it was I mean, still honestly, like an open book. They, they could have just ended it with the Dark Knight. Like that could have just been it and just capped it at two. Oh, there's no reason me. why every series has to be a trilogy. Yeah, yeah, and that'd be a Christopher chris nolan thing to do very uppity and like i don't do sequels or the yeah. sequel was meant to happen and if it's not completely conducive to the story then i don't want to do it i don't want to shoehorn shit yeah into things that would have been an amazing way to end the the dark knight though with heath ledger and batman you and i were destined to do this forever yeah That's and just all like I need to know. Not, not another yeah. movie like I would have been completely happy with that line, the movie ending just like that. Like, hell yeah, you know. That was that was like a gut. I remember seeing that in the theaters, and that was like a gut punch moment, you know, like after he passed away, mm -hmm. and having that, that line delivery was just like, oh, like what what could have been? Like it, that literally, that could have been the end of the series, Dark Knight. Should have been probably. Like honestly, but, Rises is a good movie, man. Oh, Rises mm -hmm. is a good. It, it is a good movie. I'm sorry to say, it's a good movie. I do. Yeah, it's still enjoyable. I do wonder, just in maybe in in the lighter timeline, not this dark timeline we're we're in right now. I wonder, yes. like darkest of times. You know, what if Heath Ledger didn't die, and like there was that mm -hmm. second Dark Knight, or like the third, and or maybe a fourth. Like the I would I would have loved to see Christopher Nolan's version of a batman joker uh movie train you know whether it had been like a third mm -hmm. batman with the joker and maybe like a fourth that concluded or something like a really thought out storyline with batman and joker other than a comic book you know yeah like yeah brought on the big screen with nolan's like genius directing that would have been every batman's dr like fans dream yeah, I feel like there would be so much popularity. It could have gone Marvel franchise, you know? It's like well, eight consecutive movies, all with Heath Ledger and the Joker and like other he villains that are Heath Ledger esque. But since he well, died, he, like, like, you can't really touch that anymore. That's like, because then everyone will be like, oh, you just took Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger's character and he's dead so what is he gonna do about it nothing just kind of it's blocked off now just like that that kind of character you know they did kind of put a cap on it yeah. I don't know if it's doable anymore I mean for real like obviously right. obviously the Leto Joker didn't work um I mean I know people like he won an Academy Award and everything. Joaquin's Joker, very interesting. 
I, I don't know if that character though works well with a Batman film. I think it's that's like a one and done. I think yeah. that they should let that they should just let that one go. Uh yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what uh what who who is it directing the new one? The Planet of the Apes guy? Yeah, Matt Reeves. Yeah, Matt Reeves. See what he can do with it. They announced a a Batman episodic TV show with like a full on Batman with a rogues gallery, a villain of the week type show. Yeah, I heard Ben uh, Affleck cool. might be in it too. Yeah. They stole our idea, man. Yeah, they did. Well, at least they're listening. You know, that's what we wanted, yeah, right? Sure. This is what Obviously, this is what the, the sandwich. You know, about time people start listening to the sandwich. Yes. Um so coming I, to DC and HBO Max soon. So I I'm gonna ask this question and I want you guys to to try really hard to answer it. So Let's just say maximum effort. Let's just say Heath Ledger never did the Joker, right? Mm -hmm. We never saw that movie. It never happened. Would Jared, would Jared Leto's Joker actually be good? Let's say the last Joker we ever had was Jack Nicholson's. And then the next one we had was Jared Leto's. Would it have been a good Joker? It probably um, wouldn't be as panned as it is now. Um, but would it have been a good joker no i don't think so i think it's yeah uh, i think it's flawed I, I have faith that people would have seen how fucking terrible it is because like they hate uh batman and robin you know with because of bat nipples and other like silly things that are just not like the character i guess mm -hmm. like uh, come on, Batman is a detective. He doesn't have a bat card. He doesn't bust through a hole in the wall and it turns into a bat symbol because he made it that way. That's just fucking silly. And the Joker doesn't get face tattoos. All right, yeah. so, so, so think of it like this. Without Heath Ledger, there would have been no Heath Ledger influence, like the inflections on his voice and other things that Heath Ledger did. You have to realize, like, even though like Jared Leto was trying to do his own Joker... You still have still to, kind of you, yeah. Based you still have to Ledger Joker exactly. So without Heath Ledger's, you don't get a lot of that the the inflections in his voice. Um, maybe not the over the topness because it's the Joker. You have to you have to outdo somebody right, or you have to make it mm -hmm. your own because Jack Nicholson's was so good. Heath Ledger's was Academy Award winning. You don't have that stigma. The last one you have is Jack Nicholson, which was a good, a a great. Joker, very comic booky, very awesome. You know, for for the time, it was Tim Burton, so you don't have mm -hmm. that stigma of like having to outperform everybody. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the Joker character really is just like a big trophy, or you know, mm -hmm. it's like a societal icon that everyone strives to meet and overperform but everyone has to do it their own way it's kind of crazy same with batman there's so many jokers and batman out there will the real and batman arguably, please stand up please stand up please stand up <laughs> <laughs> and i think yeah arguably everyone's Good done batman. a different interpretation of it which is amazing just like one character and all these different ways to take it I just don't think uh, Ledger strayed too far. Uh, uh, Leto strayed too far from Ledger. Yeah, He's maybe not, not far enough. Yeah. So maybe it's I, like it's it the been same thing. Better. He's the anarchist, but of 2020 time or like whenever that movie came out. Definitely 2020. <laughs> I I get face tattoos and like I wear bling and shit. Maybe, maybe if there was no such thing as SoundCloud rappers, maybe that Joker would have been uh, more well received. I think. Yeah. Maybe yeah. don't blame it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's the fucking SoundCloud. It's definitely an interesting thought, though. You know, it's just I don't know. So speaking of like uh, the light, the light timeline, uh, we all had like we we have this big group text, you know, that we talk with each other all the time. And Eric mentioned the dark timeline. And you said that, and mm -hmm. I was like, man, we really are in a dark timeline right now. We are. <laughs> it's a, 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 the darkest of timelines. Yeah. 
I, I'm just waiting for Abed to to to, to switch over to a, a better timeline that we got going on right yeah. now. <laughs> right. Think of a better one, please. Yeah. I'm done living this scenario. Let's uh let's go back to normal. Yeah, it's time to reset. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I've been thinking a lot about normal lately. And it, it, I'm not going to say it depresses me, but it definitely, you know, before this happened, before 2020, you'd always see on Facebook or social media, it's like, oh, 2019 was the worst year ever. I can't wait for 2020. Or, you know, mm -hmm. 2018 was so bad, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know, after after this, I don't know if people could use that excuse anymore. Like, at, right. after this, it's your own right. fucking problem. And it's not the year, it's you. Like, this... This 2020 has been um, everyone's worst year ever, you know? So, like, after this, you know, people got to stop using this year, years as an excuse for next year will be better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, 2021 is worse than 2020. It's like, was it, though? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like as a whole. If the pandemic's world, yeah. gone... And people are allowed to roam about the streets. Is it really? Yeah. We've hit like, hopefully hit peak shittiness. One thing that, uh, Who knows uh I got, I got a couple things, a couple uh, new things with me that have developed over, uh, maybe the past week or so. Uh, one is, uh, my candle that I got the Disneyland candle, the Pirates of the Caribbean candle. Yeah. Um, I never liked it. And then Emily started lighting it more and more. And as some of the stuff started burning off, it started smelling better and better to me. So it's like, it's not really pirates, but it definitely has like a sea salty type scent to it. Mm -hmm. Like, and then with the crackle and the sea salt, I had it burning one time in the garage downstairs. Like just our offices are pretty much down here. And like there were crows outside, like cawing. And freaking, I could have closed my eyes and felt like I was on a pirate ship or something. It was, it was, it was pretty nice. It's not Pirates of the Caribbean, but um, it's definitely better than I made it sound initially on my initial review. So I would say, I, I would recommend it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I was about ready to say, is the candle better because each day your memory is getting more distant of what Disneyland I think used so. to be. <laughs> so yeah, I I'm stopped remembering what it's all about stuff. It's like a Neverland situation where yeah. I just don't remember. And, or maybe things are just so bad now that any kind of little bit of semblance of something nice is like the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> you know, yeah. Sometimes I'll, uh, I'll go outside and I could smell where a cat is pissed and like in my yard uh -huh. or whatever, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, you, you laugh right now, but then it brings me back to a Disneyland ride. It's a small world. I was like, "Does it? Is this my cat piss?" And yeah, <laughs> it's it a does. Small world. Yeah, yeah, because that's where I, I'm pretty sure that's where all their cats live or whatever. But oh, yeah. it's, it it's smells. It smells like a, a little bit of you know chlorine water and cat piss. And I was like, "Man, that smells. <laughs> like, that smells like it's a small world right now." And I, I, I got a little happy. I was like. If you smell what the small world is cooking. <laughs> it's cat piss. Yep. Another thing that uh, that's come to light for me is a little thing called Agar 35. And I'm not trying to promote their product or anything like that, but it's called Agar 35. It's uh, it's like an anxiety uh, relief, like supplement or whatever. It's like all natural. So like I've always had issues with anxiety, which I think I've talked about on, on the show before. And like, I even went to the doctor and they prescribed me like some medication to take. And while I was waiting for my medication to be filled, I was like online and reading about it and like reading all the side effects. And I'm like, nah, like this is not for me. I and that gave you anxiety. <laughs> yeah. And that gave, yeah. Ta the thought of taking these pills gave me anxiety. So it, I'm just not like a big pill guy or anything like that. So uh, one of Emily's friends recommended this anxiety medication for her. Uh, it's just like over the counter. You can just buy it off of Amazon. It's Is that like, like a natural path type thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a natural organic. It's like a, 
on the site and stuff it's like yes this is what tibetan monks give people and score mm. like freaking any, anytime anytime you want to say sound sound something good you've got to bring tibetan monks into it it's like i've never met one met a tibetan monk in my life but for some reason <laughs> like uh for some reason i have like so much respect for them i don't know <laughs> but like uh i grabbed it and emily never took it um so i'm like well i paid this money i'm gonna try it out and for me like I'm sure like a lot of it's psychosomatic because like it right when I take it, it like tends to work right away. It's probably like all in my head, but you know, like whatever works. So like yeah, yeah. when I take it, yeah, when I take it, it does take the edge off. Placebo or not, it does take the edge off. So for all you people out there with anxiety, uh maybe give Agar 35 a try. Yeah, what is that made out of? Let me see. I got the bottle right here, actually. It is... Uh, if it just says agar, I'm, I'm going to scream. <laughs> Ingredients, uh, agar, 35. Agalaria, Terminalia, Tribula, Terminalia, uh, Bellarica, Umbilica, Afinacalis. I, I can't pronounce most of these things. Whatever it is, pretty good. Check it out. Nice. I'm glad it's working out for you, man. Yeah. It's nice. Uh, it works better at night for some reason. Like freaking when I when I take I take two at I take two in the morning and two at night. The at night one when I get into bed, I'm just like fucking. I get like zen like really quick. Yeah. So I don't, it's, there's nice. something to it. I think there's something Tibetan monkey to it. Nice. <laughs> how's a how's the diet going? Are you still drinking that claw? Uh, yeah, still doing that stuff. Um, I've pretty much cut out the beer. Like, you know, I'll have I'll have one every now and again. Uh, but like mostly yeah, I try to cut that out. I'm walking every day. Wait, hold on. Um so what'd you switch to? If you're not drinking beer, what are you drinking? Oh, just a claw or like I'll have like a glass of wine. All right. So so you're not or... you're not cutting alcohol out, you're just cutting out the beer. Yeah. The, yeah, he- course, the heavy yeah. calorie drinks. Yeah, but I still don't. I still don't like. I still, you know, I. It's more few and far in between when I do it. Like I try to. I'm trying to really cut because, like, I don't know if my diet's really changing much. But I don't think my diet's ever been the problem. Like I, I still feel like a lot of it has to do with uh, the whole um, uh, thyroid thing. So like mm-hmm. I'm constantly fighting against that. But I feel like I'm in a pretty good place right now where I'm walking a lot and. I'm really um, watching what I'm eating, and then yeah, I'll I'll have like a a glass of wine or like a claw when when the occasion calls for it. Yeah, or even beer. Yeah, it's like I, I didn't quit off cold turkey, but I just try to do everything in moderation right now. Yeah. I have a weight, but I, we don't have a scale here. But I would like to think I'm down. Yeah, some weight. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've been trying to not drink as much too. Hmm. Because you can only take so much. At some point, even when you're young, you start to notice your body is not doing as well, drinking yeah. just constantly every night. Yeah. Yeah. Once like, I get, four beers a night is pushing it. Once I get down, like, 50, 60 pounds, I'll go back to craft beers, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I still drink. I mean, I don't... I mm-hmm. The only time I drink, though, is during the weekends. Cause I just, too, yeah. Like yeah. Y- usually when I'm getting off work, I am too fucking tired to drink a beer. Like for sure. You know, um, but I do have my beer on the weekends. So. How's work going by the way with everything? Oh Still man. Masking it up. Oh yeah. Messing it up all the time. Fucking my manager was out. So I was acting manager last weekend or this last week, which is just fucking you know, so I have like my job I still have to do, and then my manager's job, which now I inherited for the week. Nice. And I was like, "Fuck, man! Like I have so much shit to do. Like your job well, and my job." It's Answer not- me one question: when, you, yep. when you were acting manager, did you feel in charge? <laughs> I felt in charge. <laughs> felt in charge. But did you feel in charge? Yeah, I fucking put my hand on people's people's shoulders all the time. I was like, do you feel in charge? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so it, it was a little hard. It's not like they took my my job that I was doing previously 
like off me and someone else was doing it and then i drew i was mm -hmm. just acting manager it's like all right john so you're gonna do your job and then you're gonna do your manager's job and then you're gonna stay late every single night because you're doing your manager's job you're coming early every day because you're doing your manager's job it was, just, it was a lot i mean which is Lord. fine like the the week went through is smooth and everything it was just like mm -hmm. it was a lot man Other than that, it's good, man. Work is good. Fucking. That's it. That's it. I finally have a Saturday off. The last, uh, last two workable Saturdays, because I think was it last week? Was last uh, the week last weekend? I worked Saturday. Last week, I believe you did. Yeah. And then the weekend before that was the Fourth of July, and then the week before that, I worked on the Saturday. So I actually have a Saturday off, which is feels pretty nice, to be quite honest. I haven't had a Saturday off since Fourth of July, so I've been working six days a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, just. Yeah, too much, man. It's a lot. It's a lot for any one man, even a John man. Indeed. Yep. A John man. That was good, man. I mean, I don't know. It's some, you know, like I'm. It's hard, uh, and I think this is what makes me a good manager, is because I'm not driven mm -hmm. by money. So I, I'm driven by doing a good job. I'm driven by other people doing their job. But I have like, I'm not driven by money at all. I'm one of those people that if you could I'll get, get rid of money, I would. Give me this bitch. Did something just break? Sorry. Yeah, one of the kids knocked over a glass. Uh oh. Did it crash? It, it or did it break? Yeah, it broke. Did it other adjective for breaking? It shattered. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so uh John, Oh god. John and I Sorry. last night we uh <laughs> we talked for like what an hour, John? We were just bullshitting. We didn't podcast, we we didn't record anything, we were just bullshitting and he was playing That's his cool. game, I was drinking some beers. It was a pretty good time. Yeah, Amazon orders two stops away. Amazon fresh. Amazon fresh. Lifesaver. Sometimes when you want to stay alive, you know, you got to do the Amazon Fresh, man. So yeah. the listeners of our podcast will know that every time you are podcasting with us, you have ordered Amazon Fresh. Almost to the point to where I don't know yeah, if our true. I don't know if our listeners know that you go to a grocery store or not, which kind of begs oh, the question: yeah. Do you go to the grocery store? I do. I went today because I forgot to order. Uh, Emily's going to make a cake tonight and I forgot to order eggs. So I had to run out, grab some eggs and sugar. So yeah, I went today. I went to QFC though. I, I know like I used to have all these amazing Safeway stories. I just, I don't live close to one anymore. So, yeah, I gotcha. uh, but QFC seems to be like they, they got it going on over there, man. The quality food, man. That's, that's, that's yeah, their name. It better me. be. Yeah. I feel safe when I go there too. Like for, I don't feel like I'm about to get a virus up in my body. So, yeah. um, does the animal Amazon Fresh does like how expensive is it? Like or uh not like, too expensive. I mean, obviously you have to add on a tip. Mm -hmm. Um, but you still get like the like uh you still get like Amazon prices. I think it's still like discounts that you don't get normally get at a grocery store. I think you can find like a lot of stuff cheaper there. Um now, depends is it, on what you get. Like, is it Amazon like, or is it like Whole Foods? So you're paying Whole Full Food prices. Uh Whole Foods are a little pricier for sure, but you have that option. You can do oh, Whole okay. Foods or you can do Amazon Fresh. So is Amazon it's Fresh? Two, still, it's definitely it's two separate things. So with Amazon Fresh, will they just go to the grocery store, pick up your shit, and then deliver it to you? Is that what they do? Yeah, I'm oh, pretty okay. sure that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right on. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Friggin', uh, I haven't had any complaints so far, except for meat. The last couple times that I've gotten, uh, at the very least, chicken, um, I've opened the chicken and there's been like an actual smell to it. But mm. uh, if you um, just report it online, they give you like a refund right away. Well, mm. not a refund, but they give you Amazon credit. So, oh, no. so can One you tell where, credit. what grocery store they went to? Like through brand? I'm uh, not or? sure. Yeah. What's that? Uh, there's some upstairs. Yeah. The order's not, there's not here yet. Sorry. Emma just came back from her walk. <laughs> it's all right, man. Your whole family is walking. Yeah. Everyone's exercising these days. Like you kind of have to, man. Like 
it's either exercise, get out and walk, or stay at your house forever. For sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nothing like, else to do around here. Like, you definitely have to, sure. um, like, fill your time in differently than, I mean, especially, it's summertime, man. People people want to get out. Yeah. So. Especially today. Yeah. Today's, like, such a nice day. Like, I freaking have already, we've done some gardening today. I'm, I'm in the middle. I took a break right now from doing the lawn as soon as we're done here. I'm going to hop back on and uh, vacuum, or not vacuum, <laughs> mow the rest of the yard. You're going to vacuum so, yeah, the lawn, nice. Eric. Yeah, nice, lovely day. It I think I'll nice. even barbecue some stuff tonight. It is a nice, It'll, lovely day. Yeah, I'm going to cool. try to stay. I'm going to try to stay in the sun as much as I can today. Yeah. Yeah, I bought it right now. I got the, uh, I got the uh, whole uh, garage door open, looking out on the neighborhood. You uh, bought a longboard? Oh yeah, I bought a longboard. Um, well, technically it's a cruiser, but it's basically a longboard. Uh, the wheels are wide and chunky and soft, and they go really fast very quickly. Nice and uh, it took me a while to just get the balance because I haven't skateboarded and i don't even know how long but it's getting there and it's definitely way faster to go to like like the gas station like shell convenience store or like starbucks that's right here or qfc even it's pretty great it's fun and it gets you outside and it's like surfing you know like it's just enjoyable you get there fast i think it's more enjoyable than a bike because mm-hmm. you're freer. You can just grab your skateboard and walk around. But yeah. I did notice that when you do have a skateboard, people generally don't trust you mm-hmm. if you're like on a you're skateboard. A, that's a, <laughs> you're a hoodlum. That's a late 90s, early 2000s stigma right there. Or stereotype, yeah. I guess you should say. I, I do live around an older neighborhood, so... I, mean, it, I wouldn't doubt that. It is fascinating how the skateboard has evolved. Like in the 80s, it was like this really wide uh, board for doing tricks on like a, like empty swimming pools and stuff like that to like the the skateboard for like doing kickflips and what Tony Hawk would do to what it is now, which is more of like a transportation device. Like skateboards have went yeah. from just like doing tricks and doing cool shit to a transportation device, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm down with it. I mean, it, it's it's made it easier for people to actually use the skateboard without like having to be like doing kickflips and shit all the time. You know, they're instead of owning a bike, you own a longboard. Yeah. yeah, and those skaters now have kids and. They don't care, obviously. So it's it's building up a little bit. That is one industry more, that is definitely more. like one sport that is definitely dying is the skateboard like industry. Well, not the industry, but like the sport of skateboarding, like doing like the tricks. Uh, and... Don't be so sure. They uh, yeah. the Tokyo twenty twenty is going to have its first year uh, with skateboarding. No shit. Yeah, and hmm. there's actually more people that skateboard than ever it's just it's not as marketable you know okay like you're not seeing the commercials of kids skateboarding and all that but it's really huge and there's like they're starting to be those like second generation third generation skater kids okay who are like five years old and are masters of the art and have ten thousand followers on twitch or on uh on YouTube or something. Well, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me getting older, so I just feel like skateboarding's dead. Because when I was a kid, you know, the, the Element was my favorite skateboard brand. I got and, yeah, you know. So and DC were my favorite skateboard shoes. So so maybe it's just me getting older, um, losing my insight of young people and what they're actually doing now. That's probably the case. So I take back everything. I'm sorry. I'm just fucking getting it's old. okay i'll let it slide <laughs> which which begs the question when did you guys it, this is more of a question for eric sorry john when did you realize that you're actually the system versus um like like this counterculture because there, there comes a, a a point in people's lives 
to where you're fighting the system. And then after a certain age, you just become the system. I think uh, for me, I still had the vibe that I was doing, uh, that I was still putting good out into this world uh, up until our very last day playing in a band, probably. Like even like I was already like, well, I was already s simulating into society like as a, as a functioning, a functioning adult, I think. Uh, before that like i was but there's still that it always felt like still like a little bit of rebellion with the whole band thing and i think yeah. once i lost that i kind of lost uh sight of what it was to be young and it to still be you know like freaking putting my opinion out into the world now i don't really do that anymore i guess except for this podcast but. yeah <laughs> which is a very interesting concept and feeling like figuring out that you are the system like yeah. you, you become a certain age and like i and you are the system like you are the the generation that these younger kids are fighting against because like we are an older sure. generation than these 16 to 18 year olds um mm -hmm. and they have different values and different opinions than us and that they do you know so it is a weird, weird feeling becoming a part of the system and letting go of your your rebellious, not letting go, but just realizing that you're not a part of that part of culture anymore. You're not this young counterculture, I'm going to fight the system, be rebellious, I'm going to have change, um, I'm going to make my voice heard. Now it's just like, well, I'm part of the system, so I'm going to let the young people do it, and hopefully they make the right choice, right? Yeah. Ho hopefully they're... they're I don't know. It, it, it's a weird feeling, to be quite honest. John, you're you're still a little bit younger than we are, so you, but you are more mature. I think you can, yeah, you can relate. John's an old soul. He, he is an old soul. You're saying, yeah. <laughs> but it, it it is a weird feeling. So, like, I don't know get to that point in yeah. your life to where you're part but of, you it's are never too late to rebel you know you can always rebel in different ways i think adults have a lot better ways to rebel because they have things like money they can just be like well i don't want to do that so fuck that well you know kids, what it's they have to rely on their parents and you know what an adult that so they feel like they can't rebel i don't know an adult's way right. uh, an adult's way of of rebellion is donating to a charity that's true <laughs> you know what i mean you're like oh yeah, what yeah. what you know what i'm gonna donate to this charity the the irony <laughs> of it though too i think is like a lot of that uh, rebellion and everything like that like it's more of an idea when you're younger and stuff it's more i guess all about raising consciousness but you're not really making a difference like the only way to truly make a difference is to assimilate and, and uh to do it within societies. oh you, you sound like the system right now eric right yeah it's a very <laughs> system thing for me to say <laughs> right if you well, most that... rebellious things are just like capitalist marketing ploys anyway yeah. like oh yeah shop at zoomies that's how you be a rebel shop <laughs> like buy your flannel shirts that's that's what yeah. rebels do it's just, it, it's just it's just interesting like as you get older your values and your opinions and your way of thinking changes on on being a rebel or being a, a game changer like now like the most meaningful way a lot of us could make change is by either raising your kids the proper way that's how you're going to make change eric you know yeah well or, I, I think i've kind of come a, a little bit full circle around on it because right like when i was younger it was more about the greater good like what's good for everyone and then i found when i got older it became more my circle got smaller and it became more about well what's good for the, for myself and the people around me um but i think that now that we're like in pandemic times i'm kind of going back towards what's the greater good and what do we need to do like as a society that we're all okay yeah but you're going to do it in different ways than what you ever would have done before yeah 
uh, yeah. pretty much bitch about it on Twitter. That's that's how yeah, I you bitch about it on Twitter <laughs> and yeah. you fight the system by becoming part of the system. It was like, hey, this is what's best for everybody. Is if I wear a mask, so I'm gonna wear a mask. Yeah. That's that's me rebelling against the other people, that, the the counter. I'm just gonna do it. You know what I mean? So yep. true. It is it is definitely an interesting concept, and which you know, listeners, I I would. You know, I asked this question to you, like, when did you figure out, like, when you were part of society and like, think about it for a second, you know, it is definitely a mind blowing thing, especially as you get, it is. you know, in your mid thirties and forties and you realize that, you know, you have a good job, you've established yourself, which is everything you were fighting against in your early twenties. Yeah. You know, in, into your teens. So it's just, it's very interesting. You know, things just matter different the more the the more elevated you start getting like you start worrying about different things like freaking it's more like like freaking you're more tax oriented like god damn why am i getting fucked every year in taxes like yeah. it becomes different your priorities get different yeah yeah the things you need to rebel against become different i guess yeah. i guess it's not clothes like who yeah. cares about clothes at some point like let's rebel against like you said taxes like yeah. our our form of rebelling now is voting oh we yeah, vote sure that's how we, we rebel and get what we want right. instead of instead of burning the place down we're gonna we're gonna check this person as our uh as our representative you know yep it's interesting you know it's a it it's interesting to think about for sure you know because like in my early 20s it it honestly (laughs) is man like i was thinking about my bad i talked to my dad today and you know we talked about our band days because one of my first bands i was in i was with i was in with my mom and dad my dad was a guitar player my mom was a bass player you know i was a drummer obviously and we had a singer and we were just talking about like how great those times were like they were awesome Mm -hmm. we had a lot of fun but we also talked about other people's problems which we had a outside band member that wasn't part of the family I always had fucking problems. We had a couple of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and like, I was talking to my dad. It's like, I really don't miss being in the band because of other people's fucking problems. You know, I have my own problems now to deal with. I'm not trying to change the world and figure out how we could all be, you know, some Zen masters and fighting the system through music. Like, I can't do that anymore. I can't fight the system through music anymore. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not in my 20s anymore. You know, then that kind of depressed me. It's like, fuck, I haven't, like, I'll, I will diddle daddle on, like, my practice pad every now and again. But it's like, I haven't set up my drums or played drums in, in like, a year or two years. It's mm-hmm. like, fuck, man. It's been a while. I am definitely not a part of that culture anymore. Like, I just, so I, I guess my answer would be, like, the same. Like, when we quit the band, like, I officially became part of the system, and I yeah. officially stopped fighting against it. That was the the transition. Well, like freaking, I'm gonna need to learn how to live in it if I'm if I'm gonna be happy, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And I I guess we fight the system different ways now. Like I I fight the system by talking about it. Like that's what I do. I talk about the system. Like in this podcast, we talk about the system and like the the flaws in it. Yeah. You know, I talk with other people I, I, about it and the flaws in it. <laughs> I recently had a moment too, I think, uh, and I won't name drop the band or band members or anything like that, but I, uh, I saw, I think it was like an interview, some kind of promotion for an upcoming show. And this is a band that I used to go see when I was a teenager. So like older than me, um, but they were like giving an interview and I think it was a singer talking and it, the way they were talking and even like kind of what they were talking about was so triggering to me of a band member we used to work with. And like, it was like triggering in a way that it gave me anxiety. And I'm just like, Oh my God, like here, here these people are. And you know, like, Oh my God, it's gotta be so hard to be a band right now. Especially if like, that's your sole income. And like, yeah. you can't play live shows right now or anything like that. It's gotta be yeah. so difficult. So I totally respect these guys and like everything they're doing. That's great. Like freaking, if that's your sort, your sole source of income, like keep at it, keep going. But it was kind of depressing to me. Like this is where you still are now, and it's like somebody that I used to like, kind of look up to and like see. Like 
they're never really like that big of a band, but it's just like, I, I mean, I guess you have to respect that, that they're still like shooting for that and shooting for the dream. And even during these times, but it was kind of still kind of sad to me, like that you haven't grown past this part. And it reminded me of like being in a band years ago and like kind of, it was so weird to like see it from the outside looking in and it's like, God damn, I hope we never came off like that. <laughs> what were they coming off like? Like um, Just like the way they were talking, just, I guess the overall confidence, like we're the greatest band in the world. And I don't know, just even the vocal inflections were like the same. Like it was so triggering. <laughs> well, like, do you feel like, Oh my God, I'm glad I don't have to deal with this anymore. Like, especially with like a little bit local or bands, not as big bands. Uh, not like these super popular ones. Do you feel like these people that are doing it, like maybe this is an instance of what you're talking about. Do you feel the message eventually gets lost, especially now, man? Like you've been doing it so long. How long can you convey that message towards? It's not fucking true anymore. There has to become a point yeah, to true. where the system's not fucking you. You're fucking yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. Yeah, because like, like okay, you could be a musician for as long as you want. And now all of a sudden, like, okay, you're still uh, the starving artist. At some point, you have to blame yourself and not the system. Yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure. And that, and I, I, that sounds like a, a really fucked up thing to say coming from a former musician and, and someone that's, you know, somewhat progressive in their lifestyle. But, like, there has to come to a point to where you have to wake up and, like, start doing things for yourself instead of start, stop, and stop blaming other people, man. Stop blaming the system. Yeah. Like become a yeah. little bit of part of it, you know? So I, I just feel like those people, like those musicians, their message just gets lost because people can't follow that. Like who's going to follow that? You've been doing this for 20 years, 15 years, and you're still in the same spot and you're blaming somebody else. Yeah. That's tough. like, maybe you should start <laughs> writing music about how you fucked up and not how the yeah. system has fucked you over. Yeah. <laughs> something real. You know what I mean? So I, I have no idea yeah. who, who who the band was that you're talking about. So like, just, just let you know, I'm not I'm not digging on anybody because I have no idea who uh, Eric was talking yeah. about. You know, so I, I I'll, I'll drop I'll drop it on Q chat later. All right, cool. <laughs> but it was just interesting. You know, it's interesting to think about. It's like at some point, you have to look at yourself, man, and you you, you got to stop blaming other people. Yeah, for sure. Yep, and that's also. It's hard to do, but it's also very freeing where you realize like the only thing that's going to get you higher is by trying harder than everyone else and trying to upgrade your skill and not ever being like complacent with your skills, thinking that you're fucking amazing. And the only reason we're not famous is because no one gave us a chance. Yeah. Which I, I mean, back in the day, like freaking, I loved my band and I thought we did fucking phenomenal. I think Eros was like uh, a really good experience and damn it. Sometimes I wish I was still doing it, but like at no point was I ever like, I'm in the best band in the world and it's the people that are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> why, why we're not signed and stuff like that. I, I, I never felt like robbed or anything like that because, you know, like we, uh well no i won't say that we didn't because like john man i think put john man put 110 percent into the band i don't feel like i ever put as much effort as john man ever did and I, I don't think like if i could go if i could go my whole life throwing as much effort into something it would never match the effort that john man put in so there was there was definitely uh momentum and i think if we were all on board 100 percent, we probably could have done maybe a little better than we did uh, but I don't know who's to say, I don't know, yeah. like freaking, I just, I think our issue was that we just never got the formula a hundred percent. Right. I think with a, a phenomenal guitarist probably could have taken us to a better spot, but that's not something I think about a lot. Like what happened, happened and whatever. Yeah. We never, we never got to the point that we did. It's just like, we never, I don't think we ever got the ingredients a hundred percent. Right. And I agree with that. And I don't, I don't blame society yeah. for that. No, I don't either, man. Like I, you know, 
I feel like there was a point to where if we had the right pieces and the right chemistry, like I do feel yeah. like we could have done something. Yeah, um, I thought we were good. I just always felt like we could have been better. But with, uh, I, I, yeah, honestly, like I blame all of our failures on ourselves. You know, we didn't yeah. try hard enough to find a good guitar player. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we didn't practice enough. Um, sometimes Eric, not to throw you under the bus, you didn't show up enough. You know, there, there, there was yeah. a lot of, there was a lot of, a lot of, but you know what? Oh, like, I, bl I blame me a hundred percent. But you know, like, honestly, like <laughs> at, at what point the chances of us ever making it were so slim anyway. So was it really yeah. that bad that we didn't find that great guitar player? Cause we mm -hmm. might be the band you're talking about right now. For sure. Fucking doing the same thing they've been doing for the last 15 years, probably broke as fuck, not doing a goddamn thing except for talking about how great they are. And they're not that great, probably. You know what I mean? We, I, yeah, we were we were coming up. We were coming up and doing the best we could in a time where live music was at its greatest decline, I think, it, it, with the exception of now. Yeah. But like when we were coming up, it was pretty much already dead in seattle like the cow had been milked to death yep. nobody were coming out for live shows anywhere so mm -hmm. it, it was a tough time so maybe like if we would have came into the game five maybe ten years earlier no doubt in my mind we would have been able to do something oh yeah absolutely but you know like yeah timing is yeah. huge but i've put my uh, gross things you know and that's why i like doing what we're doing right now because i feel like it still gives me the a little bit a little bit of creative freedom like the creative freedom that you used to have, like in a band or whatever. Yeah. And, and being able to do this and talk and bullshit, like this is enough creativity for me. And there's a lot behind the scenes. Sure. Like, a, of, you know, the listeners don't see like my sound set up and what I got going on in the studio. And that's fun to me. It's fun to tinker and buy new pieces of equipment and, and making us sound like as great as we can sound, you know, it's, it's a challenge and it, it's fun for me. And I love talking to you guys. You two are amazing people to talk to. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. The only yeah. thing I do miss, to be honest with you, about the band situation was not even, and I love the live shows. Like, I love playing live. Like, that was obviously, like, my favorite part of it. My favorite moments of the band were coming up with a riff or, coming like, being at home and coming up with a riff or some kind of uh, just melody and then coming to the shed and then having John Mann play what I heard in my head at the time I was writing it, that's like thrill. That, that's like a thrilling feeling that you get when it's like, holy crap, like this is what I was hearing and he's hitting it and we're like making it now. Like that's, that's, that was a really good feeling. You and I, yeah. you and I definitely had a, a great chemistry uh, musically. Yeah. And like I've I've always fought for you to always be in the band because like there's just something special between you and I that we had. For sure. You know, the bass player drummer. That's something I've always know. felt yeah, always felt blessed with and stuff is like uh certain members and stuff I didn't really have to worry about it so much because it's like they're it's like I never had to come to practice and be like, Well, I hope I hope we can do this. Like it, it was always like well, of course we're gonna do this, like freaking Yeah. John Mann's going to figure this out. Like I have all the faith and even Brandon and stuff coming in with stuff. It's just like, it always felt so coming to you guys with something almost felt so surefire. Like we're going to do something with this. Yeah. It was so positive. Yeah. Such positive theory. It, yeah. it was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. Like, honestly, and we all, sorry. Uh, we all got to remember the Kobayashi Maru. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you can do everything right. And it's just, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. It's true. I, w I like, would encourage sucks, like everybody. True. I would encourage everybody to be in a band. Just don't go into the band expecting stardom anymore. You know, yeah. like I think that was my big, my biggest mistake. And because I moved to Seattle strictly to be a musician. Mm -hmm. I started my first business strictly so I could fund my band. You know, everything I did in life up until I was like 27 or 28 was for my band because I had a hundred percent feeling that eventually I would make it. 
mm-hmm. you know? So like everything I did was for the band. I started a business for the band. I moved to Seattle for the band. I, for a band, you know, found you guys. Um, but, and then I realized that moving to Seattle has eventually changed my perspective on life completely. Like it, it wasn't just for the band. Like coming here has found me great opportunities that I would have never found anywhere else, which I'm very thankful for. Yep. You know, so John, like you, we often, we often find things we're not looking for. Yeah. Like, so John, like you moving out of your hometown, like to here, like how, how has that changed your life? Uh, it definitely made me more of a realist, but it also, uh, just boosts my confidence to, it boosts my confidence moving out here because like I was able to do what I do without help from like my parents and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was just, I came here for opportunity and I found some, like not at all what I, I originally imagined, but like I found something that I enjoy doing and make good money. I hang out with my pod friends, I yeah. stream and like. But you have a great Twitch stream, like I, I, I watch it. You know, well, I don't watch it live, but I usually watch a lot of your stuff on Twitch, at, like the highlights and stuff, which has been rec- yeah. pretty cool. So congratulations for getting to the points where you have like highlights and stuff on your channel by the way yeah uh, i've been making them i i read that it's really good to put out your highlights and people who see that tend to uh go to that stream and watch it full time you know oh yeah for sure so beforehand like you didn't have the opportunity to do that because you weren't uh you weren't high enough rank right uh no uh it was mostly i just didn't know about the highlight feature and i was reading up it's important to if you do have a passion read up and learn things definitely uh because no matter how much of an expert you are in something there's something to learn somewhere oh yeah absolutely and uh so i was reading up and I found like highlights are a big thing. You need to put out those highlights and those clips and stuff because people who click there, like click your name live streaming, you might not be doing something super interesting at the at that moment, but mm-hmm. they see your highlights. They're yep. more inclined to stick around, yep. you know. So are, are you but, posting uh, that on YouTube as well or no? I'm planning on doing it. Uh, I have them saved and I want to do like a clip thing, but... Uh, not sure when I'll do that. I think I'm going to get more, uh, Halo 3 gameplay. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, like, you know, what you're saying, like, research and shit, man. Like, I, I consider myself a pretty decent sound guy, you know? But I'm still, every single day, I'm doing research on how I can make it better. Yeah, and you do that really well, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like, I, I'm not a sound guy, and it's great to have someone who understands it and knows what good sound sounds like. Yeah. I, it's it, it's a flaw. Like, it's a flaw and a blessing at the same time because it bad sound does drive me nuts. It drives me banana sandwich, and sometimes I could come off as a little strong and might, like, piss people off because, like, I'm trying to get like the best sound possible so it's a little bit of a flaw but you know it's especially recording remotely it's really hard for me because i don't have complete control over everybody's sound does that make sense right yeah and, like, yeah i guess and, and, like sometimes when i talk to you or talk to eric i'm not trying to sound like an asshole but it's just like i i'm trying my hardest to, to make it sound the best I can make it sound while recording remotely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like the professional... Like, when everyone has a job to do, it's not a dick move to make sure everything is ship-shape. Yeah. And getting people to make sure that everything is ship-shape. Yeah, as sure. you know, as a manager. Yeah. 
Like, you gotta get shit done, like, on movie sets. Like, the whole thing that directors and actors are assholes. It's like, well, yeah, they're in charge of millions of dollars, and yeah. many jobs hinge on the fact that they need to do something good. So, yeah, they get pissed off when you just talk to them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. When you just talk to them randomly, like, it happens. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, like, I, I feel like um, through this pandemic, you know, maybe our listeners could uh, disagree with me, but I, I feel like our audio quality and, like, our our quality of product hasn't really gone down too much, like, through the pandemic, which is which is a great thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's but it, it's different. It's hard. Like this is something we wouldn't normally do. Like obviously, we, sure. we would normally be talking to each other, like in my studio, and we could play like off. Like we each, always have. Uh, like we always have, and we could you know we could play off each other. And you know, it is a little bit harder to talk remotely because you don't see mm-hmm. the facial expressions. You're not in person, like actually, like like film the vibe. So. To like do a podcast remotely and to have like the same energy we used to is a little bit differently, but I think we're doing it pretty fucking good job. For sure. Okay. I don't even see Thurston right now. All I see is Halo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're still <laughs> casting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's amazing. Do you guys hear the gameplay? Not no. not the gameplay, just your keyboard. Okay. Yeah, I hear the I hear the keyboard clack lacking every now and again. 